Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. A number of years ago, I read a book by Dr. Peter Kreeft, who has written about a thousand uh, books. Um, one of his books is called Jesus Shock. It's one of the best books about the person of Christ, that he is one of the most shocking people who've ever lived. And I, I, that book often comes to mind when I'm praying through the Gospels, like a Gospel like today, that I am just routinely shocked by Christ, by how strange, how strange his way is, how unlike anybody else he is. Like notice, for example, in the gospel that we just have, that Jesus, he, he begins to reproach the towns where most, of his, where most of his mighty deeds were done. Like he's, in other words, he's laying into, he's, he's, he's chastising the very people who've been more or less his hometown supporters. Right? That's who he's laying into. Like the towns that, the towns that he names, especially Capernaum, Bethsaida, these are the towns where he spent most of his childhood, most of his years growing up. If you go to Capernaum today, there's a big sign outside of Capernaum as you walk in that says the town of Jesus. And here he is saying, hey, Capernaum, if the people of Sodom had seen what you have seen, Sodom would still be here. It's going to be more tolerable for Sodom than for you on the day of judgment. And remember what happened to Sodom? Sulfur and fire raining down. That doesn't seem very great. He's saying it's going to be more tolerable for Sodom than for you. It's just shocking. It's just shocking. You don't seem too shocked, but that's okay. We'll give you time to pray on it. Okay. It's just amazing to me that these are the places where he grew up where he's performing his mightiest signs and he's laying into them the most because for one reason, one reason alone, that they have failed to repent. They have failed to respond. They have failed to be moved. They have failed to repent. Remember that one scene in the gospel where he he talks about um, we played a dirge and you didn't mourn. I played the flute and you didn't dance. In other words, you didn't respond appropriately. That's what he's saying about these towns. I want to talk about this idea of repentance for us here this morning uh, because we have to hear Jesus also speaking to us that this word of uh, repentance has to strike our hearts, that this can't just be us being like, okay, well, well, we're the good ones. We go to daily mass. We're good. We're Catholics. We're in, we're, we got our butts in the right pews. No, no, no. That's not how this works. It's not as though you can repent and be done with repentance. This is a thing that is an ongoing reality. This is an ongoing reality for us. We are all sinners in need of mercy. None of us are finished products. There's a continuous need for repentance. I mean, think about it this way. This is why we do Lent every single year. You can't just do Lent one year and be, you know, the next year be like, well, I, I did that last year. Repent, believe in the gospel, done there. I've been there, done that. It's an invitation that comes every single year. The word repent means to turn away from and to turn towards. That's what the word kind of literally means. To repent is to turn away from our sins, to ask for forgiveness, to seek to walk the new way of life that 
is the invitation that comes from Christ. And I don't know, for a long, long time, I think, especially in my years in the seminary, I, I kind of grew a little hopeless or, or frustrated over repentance uh, when I looked at my own sinfulness because it just felt like I just kept doing the same stuff, the same struggles over and over and over again. And so like you turn away from your sin, turn towards the Lord, and then eventually you're back at your sin. You have to turn away from your sin, turn back to the Lord. You're in this cycle where you're just kind of turning away and turning towards. It's kind of spinning in a circle. And as a confessor, I've heard that experience from people over and over and over again in the last seven years. I just hear people saying, I'm just never going to change. Like, I'm just still struggling with the same things. I'm still confessing the same things. I'm, I could just, like, record my, my confession last time, put in the tape, and have it play all over again. I know none of us feel that way, right? But that's other people, other sinners. There's a frustration that sets in as you feel like you're just spinning in a circle. I was sitting with that in prayer not too, well, a couple years ago, and, and the Lord showed me a different image of repentance, that it's not just simply that we spin in a circle, because that's fruitless and hopeless. Repentance is, it's like a drilling down, that with every turn away, with every turning away from sin, turning towards the Lord, with every revolution, we're drilling down like a spiral, going down deeper and deeper. In other words, we don't stay in the same place. Like the Lord, by offering us an invitation to repent over and over again, he's inviting us to go deeper into his mercy, deeper into his heart. So I just want to say this. If, you're, if you are struggling with the same thing, doing the same thing over and over again, don't despair. Keep repenting. Keep repenting. Keep turning away. Because the Father who knows what you're made of, he, know, he knows what he's doing by allowing you to continue to fall into these things. He's offering you opportunities to go deeper and deeper and deeper. That's what happens with every time we repent, we go deeper. So let, let us not be like Chorazin. Let us not be like Capernaum, Bethsaida. Again, let's be the good fertile soil. Let us repent.